<laughs> Hi Saints, how are you? <laughs> Greetings, it's a lot of you here. Uh, it makes us feel a bit uncomfortable because we just be talking. We don't know people be listening to this thing. We, we might be more careful with our words if we knew that. I have to read this little uh, professional thing. Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast for women from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network. Coming to you live from TGCW 22 in India. Go ahead. In Indianapolis, Indiana. I am Jackie Hill Perry, and I am here with my friends Jasmine Holmes and Melissa Kruger to talk to you about how to grow in gratitude. Great conversation. All right, there's no other intro other than a question. So when is a time in your life when you struggled to be grateful? No, let me scratch that. What is gratefulness? I think we need to understand that before we can know how to struggle with it. I feel like a thesaurus, like thank thankfulness. Go ahead. Um, yeah, an, an attitude of, I think there's a, there's a humility to it of understanding what we've been given and being thankful for it and being content with it. That's really good. It's, it's that we've received something. So you have to be grateful towards someone, you know, so that you have something maybe you didn't deserve. So there's a gratefulness or, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I can tell the time I struggled to be grateful. Um, when we were pretty newly married, we moved overseas to um, Edinburgh, Scotland. And I know it's so hard to say this because everybody's like, oh, you lived in Europe? Yeah. And, and that is actually part of what made it hard. I was really struggling when we were moving because for me, it wasn't like I was going for a vacation. And this was before, I mean, just to put it in context, uh, email, I was still doing AOL downloads to do email. Okay, it was that long ago. So there was no Facebook, there was no Instagram, there's no way to keep up with your friends. It was really, really cumbersome. And so we move over there and, you know, I know everyone goes to places like Scotland in the summer when the sun stays out till 11, well, 11 p.m., well, what that means is in like February, the sun sets at 3 p.m. and it rains every day and it is deeply, deeply depressing, okay? So, so we were there, we moved there, I moved there for my husband's PhD and I can remember sitting in our little apartment, y'all, our apartment was so, 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 so tiny, like to, I had to like basically lather myself to slip into the shower. It was that small. <laughs> and, you know, so you, you, you get in there or whatever, but everything was hard. Like we didn't have a car. So we lived on a place called the mound. Guess what that means? You were walking upstairs all the time to get there, you know, and so I'm bringing my groceries, I'm schlepping everywhere. And, um, but honestly, the thing I struggled to be grateful about was I felt like I was just there for my husband's job. I was kind of like, Lord, why am I here? So it felt like my life had been put on hold and I really just struggled to be grateful. And in fact, I got really good at complaining and my husband's in the back and I'm saying all this. I'm like, Oh no. And, and everybody say hi, Dr. Kruger. <laughs> all right. I just saw him back there and I'm like, Oh man, I'm sharing this story. <laughs> That's the crowded room. We locked eyes. Um, <laughs> 
but I got really good at blaming everything that was wrong with my life on him. You know, so the fact that I was sweaty because I'd carried all the groceries up, that's his fault. You know, the fact that I had to cook everything from scratch because they didn't have all the stuff I should, that was his fault. You know, everything became his fault. But y'all are always thankful all the time. So do y'all have anything? I am thinking about living in Pickens, Mississippi. Um, I had my firstborn when he was six weeks old. We moved from Minnesota to um, Mississippi. And it's, I'm, I'm sorry to anybody who's from Mississippi. I do, I love living there now, but like it's Mississippi. <laughs> and then we lived in this town with a population of 800 people. And I feel like he's related to half of them. And then we lived, so like it, there was a street and so it was his aunt's house is here and then his other aunt's across the street and then his mom's next door and then there's a lot here and then across the street was my house. And then there is a, like the woods are next to my house and then over the woods is the highway. So it was like, I felt like I was just living at the end of the world and <laughs> He had, a, he had the car, so he would drive like 45 minutes to work every day. And like, I'm talking to my friends back home, and they're like, well, you could like take the baby to the park or like take the baby to like a park. There's not stoplights here. Like, what are you? So I would just be in the house all day with a tin roof that didn't have self, cell reception. And I was very like, woe is me. I have been forsaken in Mississippi. Like, this is the land of my people's suffering. <laughs> So yeah, we could have been really good friends back we then. Could. We could. Philip and Philip and Mike would have been like, oh, really, my "Oh my gosh, this is isn't isn't there a proverb about that? Like a man should live on the the roof yes. instead of dealing with two grum grumbling yep. women." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you said something that is helpful and important is that one way to discern when we are dealing with uh, uh, being ungrateful is complaining. Um, because for me, I can't identify a specific moment in time when I lack gratefulness because it's constant, really. Uh, I, I try to be as grateful and as thankful as I can be, but I'm also much more cynical about my life and my circumstances than I should be. And so I, I do think like those times where I'm just mad at just the stupidest stuff. Like even like, you know, why, why gas got to cost $12.76, right? But then I got to remember, you got it. You can actually put gas in a car. Everybody don't got that, so be thankful. Anywho, what do you think is the relationship between comparison and gratitude? Because one hindrance to gratitude is this kind of, you know, they have that, I don't, she has this, I don't, her husband looks this way, mine's belly keeps protruding. Like, how do we... No, because like my husband lost weight when I was pregnant last time. Okay. And I was, I, he was I, mad at him. I wanted to push him off the top because of the house. Because he lost weight. Yes. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> so basically, this is turning into a marriage discussion. <laughs> we 
let me, let me let me let me put us back in. So let's say, hypothetically speaking, I think social media has kind of created a, an environment where we are always attentive to uh, people who have what we don't have, or whatever the case may be, or do better than what we do. They speak well, I don't. Blah 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 blah. How 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 do we like exist in this world where comparison is a thing, while at the same time not allow that to cultivate cultivate an attitude of ungratefulness? I mean, I think when you look at the command not to covet, you know, it talked about your neighbor. Well, the reality for us is we used to have like four neighbors, hmm. and now you can have 5,000 neighbors, you know, where you really can look over to the fence into somebody else's life, but it's a curated life, you know, because at least with your neighbor, you can be like, yeah, I mean, their grass is really green, but their bushes are a mess, you know, or whatever. Like, you, you actually know a lot more about your na real neighbor than I know about you on social media. And so, I mean, I, I see this in my own heart. You know, it can be like I'm going um, for, a, for a walk or something, and I'm just like, Lord, or hiking. I can, Lord, thank you that I can hike. Thank you that my body is strong and I can, you know, I can do this exercise or whatever. And then, then I go look on Instagram and I see these people whose bodies seem like to have never been marred by childbirth at all. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh, I'm awful. Yeah, I look, yeah, that's just a simple way, but it can, rather than being thankful for the body God gave me, it can make me be all all sorts of discontent with it rather than saying thank you. And so I can see how social media, I mean, whatever realm it might be for us, it could be our homes, it can be, oh, their children got every gold star award, you know, you know, oh, they're valedictorian and they're the school sports person and you know, everything or whatever. We see it now in ways we maybe didn't see it before. Nothing. Okay. So I think uh, <laughs> I, I, I th one one scripture, and we we're eventually moving into a, a question about scripture. But one scripture that has really tempered uh, my idea of, of contentment is Romans one, which is surprising. But follow me. So you know how in Romans one it talks about how uh, those who uh, call themselves wise but they are fools, and in that section it begins to say that they were unthankful. And I thought to myself, wow, unthankfulness is a description for unregenerate people. And so if I am a Christian, that means that I need to live in a realm of thankfulness because I have a renewed mind about who has given me all these good things. Um, and so I think that's really helpful to say, man, like I need to be attentive to this thing uh, to make sure that I see that God really has provided exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. Doesn't mean I don't struggle, but it means I have context for why I should wrestle against it. Um, what is your go-to passage when dealing with gratitude? My go-to passage, it's always the same. It's always, um, it's either Psalm 16 or, um, first Corinthians two, which I talk about all the time. So I'm going to do Psalm 16, but <laughs> it talks about how, um, in God's presence, there's fullness of joy at his right hand or pleasures forevermore. And reminding myself of the fact that I have, I have access to, the very like joy and presence and goodness and fullness of God. And he's not gonna withhold any good thing from me. Um, I am a wretched, petty person, y'all know. But I don't really struggle with envy, envy and like, just, that's not really my thing. Cause I'm like, I mean, you know, God so, is gonna so give me- So what is your thing? I'm like, God's gonna give me what he's- What's shame. your thing? Shame is my thing. Oh, cause you have a book coming out about that, right? <laughs> February 14th, 2023. <laughs> 
You can pre-order it on Amazon if you want. I had, I, I, I had your back, Jasmine. <laughs> Go ahead, keep talking. Um, but yeah, I, I think just he he has given me what he wants me to have, and and they're good they're good things. And there's always somebody. It's easy for us, I think, to look at other people and look at what we don't have compared to them. But somebody's also always looking at you, and I think realizing that and seeing you know people like people who say things like oh like you have it so together you have this this isn't and i'm like i am i'm jacked up i don't think you know and so but i think like if i'm feeling that then probably the person that i'm would want to look at and want to be jealous of or envious of is also knowing their deficiencies and having trouble with gratitude and knowing that and so just seeing god as a benevolent father who is giving us each what we need i, I gotta i gotta say something to that because that's so significant and i don't know if it feels like it no shade but it, it, it's it, it's powerful because what you're saying is is that god god's nature does not incline him to play favorites and so with comparison it's this 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 belief and this assumption that god is being better to better to everyone else than he's being to me and that's a lie it's a demonic one too because the devil would lead you to believe that god is playing favorites with people that he's made and died for like he died for you what what, what else does he have to do to prove that he's on your side but does that remind you of eve in the garden because Explain. because god because god said don't eat from that tree. Yes, yes. Here's every other good thing. Here's uh -huh. everything that you can have, but that one tree, don't yeah. eat from it. And then yeah, yeah. Satan was like, he doesn't want you to have good things. Come on here. He was like, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want you to have good things. Like, Take us to the have group. you ever seen, have you ever seen him do anything against you? Have you ever experienced any pain? Have you ever experienced any longing? Do you even know that you are butt naked? <laughs> no. But as soon as somebody says, are, are you sure? Are you sure God's not holding out on you? I was reading a book one time that said that like the, the sin, the sin of Eve was like wanting too much. It was like a book that was like, you know, yeah, Christianity. I have a new perspective. Eve wanted too much. She wanted to know. And I'm like, no, she wanted too little because she couldn't be grateful. She wasn't. And not even a sense of like, be grateful for what you have, even though it's a little. No, like she had everything, but she had to have what she didn't have, which turned out to be death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-order Jasmine's book about shame being released on February 14th. There we go. I would also say on what, on what Jackie was saying to you and what you're saying, it, it honestly always shows true ingratitude for the cross. Because when you, get, when you go back to that, when it, when it says in Romans, um, if, if he's given us his son, won't he graciously give us all things? So, so what it actually says, let's say I'm like wanting you know, your minivan, which is, I know it sounds stupid, but y'all, we can get like all messed up about those sliding doors. You know, I mean, like we can think. It's like, you should want my minivan. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, and so the things that we can kind of get believing, oh, my life would just be so much better if I had X, Y, or Z. We all have a, if this were true in my life, my life would be better type thing. But at some level, so we're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you gave me your son and he died a horrific death, but I think you love Jasmine and Jackie more because you gave them this. And it shows that we're thinking, oh, so the cross is kind of equivalent to the minivan with the sliding doors. Yeah, versus, no, no. So it's, it's kind of like I, if I gave you each a million dollars, 
And then I gave Jasmine a penny. And you're looking at me like, you gave her a penny. And you're, I'm like, I gave you both a million dollars. Like, it's so insignificant, the things that we actually allow to rob us of joy. Because we've been given eternity. And so it's like with everything else he's saying, will you trust me? Yeah, will you trust me that I know what's better for you than you know what's better for you? And it's really a trust issue with the, with the Lord, I think. How do, so, so let's say that that is what many of us are wrestling with, is this deep sense of God is playing favorites. I am struggling in my marriage. I am struggling in my singleness. Uh, life is harder for me than it is for other people. And it's been hard for a really long time. That seems unfair, seems unjust. How should that shape the way we pray? Because it seems like I want to acknowledge, I guess, how people feel. We are at the, yet at the same time, how do we pray towards feeling more righteous? Not feeling righteous. That sounds stupid. But you get what I'm saying? No, I, yeah. So I was on a panel with um, Wendy Alsop mm -hmm. yesterday. I love her. And she was talking about disciplining. She, she, was used, she was talking about it in a different context. But she was saying that she has to discipline herself to believe the truth that people say to her. And it was such a light bulb moment for me because I have to discipline myself to believe the truth that God has said in his word. And so I had to, like, it's not about just reading it and feeling. Like, it's a, it's a constant process of self-discipline and telling myself and reminding myself and bringing myself in accordance with what I know to be true in God's word. And so I think that gratitude doesn't, sometimes it doesn't start with a feeling. Sometimes it just starts with knowing the truth and choosing to walk with it. And our hearts are just going to have to catch up when they catch up. And, and I think lament is totally valid. So like we can pour out our hearts about the dumb things. I mean, cause I use a really dumb example with the like sliding doors. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but even the things that we are holding onto that we say hard, I, I, I mean, this is what the psalmist does. You know, they pour out the hard, but it typically comes back around. It's like you can see he's talking truth to himself as he's, as he's saying, you know, why so downcast, oh, my soul, put your hope in God. What, you know, but then he's talking about what's hard. Why so downcast, oh, my soul, put your hope in God. I think that's a right conversation we're having with the Lord. We can, we can pour out what's hard to him. He can handle it. And then keep reminding ourselves of the truth in that conversation. And I think that's how we get to gratitude. But I do think it's, yeah, I think we wrongly think it's just this thing that descends upon us. You know, and that, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be happy. And it, it's not, it's something deeper. It's choosing to be grateful rather than just feeling gratefulness. How, I'm just coming up with these questions off the top because uh, I won most inquisitive in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> is there a relational consequence to lacking thankfulness? Ask the Israelites. I mean, the Israelites, we just, you know, they grumble and the Lord was not happy. You know, I mean, they're out there. I mean, Jen's passage. What, I mean, what did it say? Um, you have, we have no food out here. And then just a second later, it said, we don't like the food you gave us. <laughs> you know, she's like, clearly there was food. <laughs> you know, I mean, and so the grumbling and complaining is what kept them out of the promised land. 
You know, it wasn't like all this other sin. It was like their hearts were hard. It, there's a hardness that comes with grumbling. So, for instance, with my husband and with Scotland, my heart was hard. I mean, I was... It, it broke our relationship. And I think that's what James says. You, you want something and don't get it. What causes, um, what causes disputes and arguments about among you? You want something and don't get it. You kill and covet, you know, all this stuff. You covet, I don't know. That's my paraphrase. I'm sorry. That wasn't very good. But, but like, it definitely has a relational component. If I am discontent, I'm going to view everybody as kind of a measuring stick of God's love. You know, and so I'm going to look at you and say, well, you have what I want, so I don't have to be nice to you. But Jasmine, that, that gets hard when it's your friend, right? Like I've had friends where it's just like, oh, like every time we meet, you have just a world of complaints that you are just throwing on. And I want to carry your burdens. I really do. But I am not equipped to carry all are of them. Are you confronting me in front of all these people? No. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. Wait, what did I do? We would meet privately <laughs> at Connor's downstairs in the Marriott. Um, but how, how, do, how do, like, when your friends are the grumblers, that can be exhausting. Yeah. Like, how do we love our friends through that and help them to become more thankful without being mean? So um, I'm experiencing that right now, actually. Remember I said that I'm not like a jealous person, but like, I just started my lock journey. Thank you. And like Jackie is like way further along than I am. And so it can be hard not to be envious. I thought you were gonna be serious. Of her hair. No, okay. So really though, it's you don't wanna be Job's friends because I think there's there's like there's a thin line, right? So you you want to bear your friend's burdens, but you don't want to be permissive and be like, "Cool, let's just complain all the time." Um, but you also don't want to be Job's friends who are like, "Wow, you're going through a really hard time right now. What'd you do?" <laughs> God is mad at you. Um, so I recently had a friend who was going through something that was very real, and was telling me about this thing, and it was just like all-consumingly difficult and all-consumingly real. And she was like, I feel like God has forsaken me. And so you have two choices, right? You, uh, you have more than two, but the two extremes would be, oh man, that God, man, he do, he do be forsaken. <laughs> or what did you do like that made him forsake you? Like, what did you do to make you? And, and what I did was something that she had modeled for me when I had come to her, she always, will say, man, that is, that's so hard. Isn't it so good that you have that example of the last time that you felt like this when he was faithful? Or, man, I know that does feel so difficult. Like, it, you, you, are, you are at a, in a lonely time, but like, isn't it so great? Remember the last time that you felt like this? And God just like came through. And because she had modeled that for me, I was able to then like, give back to her. And that's like one of the best parts of our friendship together is that I never feel like she is overlooking those times when I am suffering and those times where I do need to feel heard. But she always moves me towards gratitude by remembering God's faithfulness. And that comes from, that comes from intimacy. Like you can't do that with somebody when you are not part of their life and when you haven't seen God working in their life. But because we walk together, we're able to do that for each other. Have you, have either of you ever confronted someone for like bitterness or a lack of thankfulness other than your children? 
<laughs> because, well, it, maybe you haven't done that with your children. I've never done that with my children. <laughs> uh, but, or is that, is that too hard to do? I mean, it's a really hard thing to do, right? I mean, I don't know. Have you all done that? I, I, not, not in a, like, uh, super, because on the podcast, they won't see my arm. So I don't even know what the word for that would be. <laughs> direct. <laughs> not in a really direct way, just because I always really want to be careful of not leaving my friends' presence, leaving them wounded. Um, and so I think I've been more indirect or explicit by saying this. Um, tell me about something good that you can celebrate in your life. And it may take time, and it may be small. I woke up. Let's be thankful for that. Um, and so I think asking my friends questions to help kind of give them options, because I, I think what suffering does and what comparison um, kind of cultivates is a hopelessness, even subtle. It's a, like all, life is just really bad. And it's like, yes, it can be terrible, but it is not at, at its worst, because you could be in hell. So, I mean, I feel like that's the baddest yeah. it could ever be. <laughs> So, yeah, my children, though, that's constant. Um, it's ridiculous. Like, it's like, oh, you mad because it's a commercial on. Like, mom, it will not skip. And it's like, you can't skip commercials. It's not, it's not YouTube. Like, you just, you chose to watch Nickelodeon. So you got to endure the commercials, but you don't understand. I had to endure them all the time. And you know what I did? I just sat there. Yep. You need to practice that patience. They can choose what they want to watch. No, they do, and I don't like it because they just they you get too feel like I want to watch. Because mm -mm. mm -mm. they're gonna have a hard time when they start opening up that Bible and really they just gonna start skipping books. And I can't do that. I'm a Bible teacher. We need to sit in this thing and sit there. I don't care how boring it is. <laughs> Being bored is a discipline. Hello. I don't even know where we are. That is a good question. How do you cultivate gratitude in your families? Like, do you have anything you do? Or do you just tell them to sit there? I mean, <laughs> sometimes. My, so my son, um, when he, he just turned six. No, not gay. Who says so gay? <laughs> no. He's, he's, he's growing. But he's like, he's, he is always asking for something. He's always asking for something. Like, mom, can I have chocolate milk? I'm like, sure. And I bring it to him. And then he's like can I have some goldfish? I'm like, sure. And then I bring it to him and he's like, can I have it? I'm like, <laughs> can you have a sit down and can you have that? Um, and I, I talked to him the other day and I was like, when you don't, you, you were just acting like a gaping like hole of just like you need, you always need, like you want more and more and more. And I'm like talking to him. I'm like, you just want more. And he's like, I do. <laughs> He's like, I do. I always, I always want more. I just don't know what to do. I can't. Help. And as I was talking to him, I was like, oh, you're, oh, you're me. <laughs> like, I'm getting really frustrated with you because you always are like, I want more. I need something else. Like, it's never enough. And I'm like, oh, thanks, God. Okay. Okay. And I love him because he never gets offended. Like, I'll just be like, you are just doing too much. And he's like, I am. I'm doing a lot. So we just have a lot of conversations like that where I'll try to be like, you know, I, I relate. I, I, get, I get it. I, I, I do that too. Sometimes I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, one way is I watch a lot of documentaries and I allow Eden, because Eden is the most ungrateful because she's the oldest. Um, 
So she's the most aware of all the things that she has. And um, I, I like to watch certain things with her because even for example, it, it may be something about people who are impoverished and she doesn't see that often. And she will say, why are they sleeping outside? They don't have a home. They don't have a home. Where's their mommy and daddy? They might be gone. They don't have any money. No. And so she's able to actually be exposed to another world that she wouldn't otherwise see, which cultivates, cultivates a layer of gratefulness. But I also think prayer because I pray with her on the way to school and her dad prays with her at night. And in the prayer, we're thanking God for things. And so in my prayer uh, before school, it's a really consistent prayer that I pray. But one is, God, we thank you for education. And we thank you for the mind to be able to educate ourselves. Something like that, I think for a six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-old, they'll realize, oh, knowledge and the brain and the intellect and logic and reason, all of this is a gift that God has given me. And so hopefully as she gets older, she'll recognize that even our prayers kind of give her like a, a sketch for how we uh, should thank God. Well, that's so good because it changes. You know, a lot of kids are going to school like, I don't want to go to school. Mm -hmm. So it, it teaches her by praising God for it, that I get to have an education. You know, and lots of people around the world, especially little girls and other cultures, women, yeah. don't even get to have an education just to hear, hey, let's, let's pray and thanks God that I get to do this. For I mean, that's almost a way to stop the complaining because we're being thankful for it rather than saying, I don't want to have to get up to go to school. I don't want to have to learn. You know, it, it says, no, we're thankful yeah. that, that we get to do it. Yeah, that's huge. That's good. I don't know if you know, but um, you have to do favorite things. Yeah. Already? Yeah. We're doing favorite? Okay. It's time. Yeah. Oh, it's time. Okay. Sorry. I didn't want, I, you weren't looking at the paper, so I was I know. like, I think Thanks I for telling to, me. Uh, this is how it works. Normally we can say, Melissa, will you cut that? that? It's, it's your <laughs> chance. That part okay. Favorite <laughs> things. Um, okay. We always do favorite things at the end of our sessions. So this week... I want to know what's your favorite family recipe? What do you, what makes you sit around the table and feel gratitude? From me or my mama? Either, either. Cause she make things I won't ever be able to make until I become desperate. Um, <laughs> I, I, that's so hard. I was about to complain cause there's, Because the favorite ones are the easy ones that I ain't got to think nothing about. You know, it's just like spaghetti and, and, and ground beef is one of my favorites. Because I just put it in a pot with some salt, some garlic powder, some onion powder, a little onion, salt and pepper, uh, maybe some cheese if I'm feeling fancy. Put it on the plate and the kids love it and I get to go to sleep. Yeah, similar, like a roast and some potatoes and then they're just happy. I've never made a roast. I just stick it in a crock pot. Now, Melissa, that's wow. Melissa Kruger. Uh, they shamed you. I can get your book. You Wait, out here with book? this blazer and these flats, with this brown hair, three kids hosting women's conferences, and you ain't never made a roast. You are, f you, the stereotype fails you. I don't understand. I don't understand. I need your book. She, she gardens? Yeah, 
Yeah. She gardens. Yeah. I, I grow everything organically there and cook go. it in my house. So do you know how to make one? No. Do, do you? I'm, I'm fascinated. Do you not like them? You don't like them? I don't like them. There we go. There. So you don't like the texture? Like, what is it? I don't like them. Sorry. Don't oh, have wow. Gross. Is it because? Is it because of the? Wait, hold on. It's the trauma from Scotland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. Because like roasted potatoes is like a really oh, like a UK a situation. It is Look a at thing. that. You Just, discerned it. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a thing. I got you. I'm not like, all hot and feeling convicted over here. <laughs> So my favorite thing <laughs> is potato soup. <laughs> I love it. We have a baked potato soup. My whole family loves it. We all look forward to it. There is no meat in it, and they all love it. And they love it. Just love put it. some roast beef in the oven and shred it up and put it on top. It's the same thing. <laughs> Now you don't have to have me over for dinner. I, I, don't, I don't make okay. roast. <laughs> Not because... She did all Listen, that to you. No, every, she doesn't make roast. Every time I made it, it came out real hard. And I, <laughs> but I'm like, ain't this supposed to shred? But it would come up. The whole thing would come up with the what fork. And I don't, I don't think I did it right. What are you using? What kind of roast are you I making? put it in the crock pot what, for like, like three is hours. Is it like beef? Is it pork? Three hours? Okay. No. You do three hours? I'm like, Six, five. eight. Yes. Yes. Golly. You put it in in the morning on low all day. No, I did three. I thought I was, I was trying to be now efficient. Now it's turned on you. <laughs> Golly, never mind. That's why I stick to spaghetti. Let the record show that I'm the only one up here who knows how to make a proper roast. And we're grateful. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, before we close, um, <laughs> get back to the thing. Um, it's been such a pleasure to be here with you all. Um, one thing I'm super grateful for are, um, has been this time with Jackie and with Jasmine, um, getting to have this podcast. We do want to just say this is actually, y'all are here, this is our last episode. Um, <laughs> So we, we love talking, we love doing this, but um, we're gonna close it here. And we're so, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for these women, for these conversations. And we're so grateful to all of you for listening so faithfully. Um, it's been so much fun. We've had a great time. I love y'all. I'll be a mush, cause you're always the mush. I'll add to it. I'm not gonna cry though. I'm grateful for you, cause you're so smart. And you really spend a lot of time educating people with all your history facts and teaching us about boundaries and shame. I've never, I've never heard someone speak about shame so joyously. And then Melissa, you're wonderful. Like y'all know Melissa's like that woman, right? Like she's like that chick. Like, she, but she is one, like no, she, she out here. Like when I, I literally, when I see her, I just like walk up, I just like put my head in her lap. I'm just like, hi. <laughs> but hi. I cannot make a pot roast. <laughs> she can't. No, I think I texted you one time. I don't remember what I said, but it was something around that you have a unassuming godliness. Yep. 
which is you are you are godly in such a way that doesn't demand attention. But if anybody notices, they realize that this person spends time with God. Yep. And so I think I'm really encouraged by that, being able to spend time with you and see your life and all the things that you really do love Jesus. So don't yes. cry, Melissa. Don't cry. <laughs> now I want to go hide behind the fence. And it is, it's just, I know that like Jackie is oh, the, the star. I'm not. <laughs> But it is, oh, it is, sincerely, 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 Okay. you are a pleasure. Like, you know how sometimes you're like, you get, you, you're like, oh, that person seems cool. And then you meet them, you're like, oh, they're a jerk. They're the worst. Like, Jackie's sincerely a pleasure. She sincerely loves Jesus. Like, she doesn't just have the appearance of godliness. She is nice to be around. And we love that her. Meant, that, that was a lot for you. Girl, when I tell you, I, had, I was like, Ooh, okay, vulnerability. That's good. <laughs> Thanks, Jasmine. You're welcome. All right, can we close? It's okay, a lot bye. of, okay, it's a lot of vulnerability on the stage. All right, that's it for this special live episode of... <laughs> I got to put my voice back on. That's it for this special live episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is a podcast from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network. The Gospel Coalition supports the church in making disciples of all nations by providing resources that are trusted and timely, winsome and wise and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you guys. Bye y'all.